Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. All right, open your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 4. We're going to talk about the anointing tonight. Can you say amen? Luke, chapter 4. And we're going to pick it up in verse number 16. Luke chapter 4 and verse 16. And we're going to believe that the anointing of God will fall tonight. Right. Amen. A fresh touch from heaven. Amen. Luke chapter 4, starting with verse number uh, 15, 16. It will back it up to verse number 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went to church on the Sabbath day. I think that's a pretty good custom, don't you think? So it was the custom of the Lord to go to the church on the Sabbath day. So a custom is... Like every week. Amen. So that's a pretty good custom to have. So as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And there was delivered to him under the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he'd opened up the book, he found the place where it was written. He said this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because God anoints you for a reason. God would never call you to do something without giving you the equipment to get the job done. Amen. Amen. So he says this, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because, number one, he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Now that's poor physically and that's also poor spiritually. The gospel, the word gospel means good news. If you're broke, you don't have to be broke no more. If you're poor, you don't have to be poor no more. If you're sick, you don't have to be sick no more. That's good news. If you're depressed, you can have joy. If you're down, you can be lifted up. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is good news. Listen, I know preachers, that all they ever preach is hellfire and brimstone. I mean, they preach to the point that you can hear the flames and smell the sulfur. Come on now. No, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that brings people to repentance. It's not the damnation of God. People don't understand God. He's not up there with a big sledgehammer, and every time you mess up, he's hitting you over the head. No, he's not. He's, we don't, people don't know the, our Father in heaven. If you want to know what God is like and who he really is, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And study the ministry of the Lord Jesus. Jesus said in the book of John chapter 14, when Philip said to him, show us the Father, Jesus said to Philip, have I not been with you so much that you don't know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus is the express image of our Heavenly Father. So if you want to know what Daddy God is like, then study the ministry of the Lord Jesus. Did Jesus preach hellfire and brimstone? Nope. Did Jesus heal the sick? Come on now. Did the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk? Absolutely. Hebrews 13.8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. For what he did 2,000 years ago, he does today. Come on now. Was Jesus broke and poor? There's a place here in Plant City called Broken Poor. How would you like to have a name of your business broken poor? I, I think I went there one time and I said, how's business doing? He said, I don't know. It's not doing very well. And I thought, I didn't say it to him. I should have said, well, with a name like broken poor, I probably wouldn't be doing that in business, any, too good business anyway. I mean, everybody goes by your place. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bad day right there. Where, where do you work at, broken poor? Come on now. How about wealthy, rich, and good looking? I think I'll lean on that one, praise God. Amen. I don't know. I'm like, where do you work at? I work at healthy, rich, and good looking. Oh, wow, I'm gonna go there. Wow. Broke poor. No. Good news. The gospel is good news. Amen. It's for all of us. Preach the good news. Number two, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Brokenheartedness. Anybody in here ever had your heart broken? It's painful, isn't it? Maybe some of us might still be recovering from a broken heart, especially with our family members. Come on now. Yeah. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, physically and spiritually, 
set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord or the year of Jubilee. Now, the year of Jubilee in Jewish tradition in Judaism is every 50 years. So if you lost something, if you lost your house, you lost your car, you lost your property, if you lost your jewelry, you get it all back. It's like playing country music backwards. You get your dog back, your shotgun back, your truck back, your house back. <laughs> Hello. Get your wife back. Come on. You get, a, get your dog back. Praise God. Amen. Yeah. No, that's what, that's what every 50 years. But he said to preach the acceptable of the year of the Lord. Now watch this. We have the honor and privilege under the new covenant to have the year of Jubilee every single day. Can you say amen? And not only that, Satan's got to pay back seven folds. Got to pay it up. Even though, watch, even though we make mistakes, God is just. Why? Because it's a heart issue. It's dealing with the heart. He will add back to you that which you're lost if your heart is right. The Bible says man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. Nine times out of ten we get ourselves into trouble because our hearts aren't right. If the heart is the root of the problem, that's where God can do his greatest work. He does it in the heart. You can't even get born again unless you open the door of your heart. Out of the abundance of your the mouth will speak. So God is a God of the heart. You want to know why God loved King David so much? I mean, listen, King David was an adulterer and he was a murderer. He had Uriah killed. Bathsheba's husband killed in battle. And he stole his wife, committed adultery with her and got her pregnant. And then he tried to do a cover-up. It was a political cover-up. <laughs> Come on now, in Israel. Hello. Because he was the king. Come on now. The difference between King Saul and King David is when, when King Saul messed up by not following the Lord's commands and when the prophet came and told him, King Saul told the prophet, the Lord your God. But when the prophet came to King David, he said, the Lord my God. And he fell on his face. And watch this. And God said that King David was a man after his own heart. It was the apple of his eye. Why? Because not of what he did or didn't do. It was his heart. And not only that, King David was a worshiper. That's right. So it doesn't matter if you mess up, if God sees your heart. Listen, if you mess up, but your heart's right, that's a world difference in the eyes of God. He'll fix. Come on, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and adds no sorrow. No sorrow to it. Anything and everything you need is found in the anointing of God. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in the glory, in the presence of God. In the, pres the presence of God is the anointing of God. The presence of God, uh, listen, God is omnipresent. Satan is not omnipresent. That's right. But God's manifested presence is not everywhere. The manifested presence is the anointing of God. The anointing, I can describe it like this. It's the, it's the painted on, smeared on ability of God. The anointing is God's ability on your inability. Amen. And, every, and anything and everything is with the anointing. You cannot be in the presence of the anointing and not be prosperous. There is no death in God. But the hardest death you'll ever die is to yourself. So the anointing is the, is the smeared on, painted on ability of God. The anointing destroys. It does not break. The anointing destroys. If something is broken, it gives it a connotation that it can be fixed. We minister the unseen. You can't see the anointing, but the anointing can be felt. The anointing drives out devils. The anointing repairs bodies. The anointing restores your joy. It's the anointing. Listen, preachers can preach, but there could be no power in their words. The preachers preach, but there's no weightiness to their words. They can preach a good sermon. Hello? But is there an anointing behind it? There is something about the anointing of God that we need. Somebody said to me a couple of years ago, as a pastor, he said, you can't have a move of God every service. It'll become redundant. I said, says who? You? 
I kind of wonder why you don't have a move of God in your services. Hello. When you discover that you're anointed, there won't be a devil in hell that will stop you. So how do you, how do you get anointed? Very simple. You get anointed when you get born again. When Jesus comes into your heart, God anoints you because Jesus is the anointed one. Isaiah 12.3 says, Therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. So when you get anointed, I call it a well anointing that comes from salvation. Okay? And that, that, that well can turn actually into a river. In John 7, 37, 38, and 39, Jesus stood in the last day of the great day of the feast. He said, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. For out of his belly will flow forth rivers of living water. The anointing can be related to water, can be related to rain, can be related to flood, can be related to dew, can be related to cloud. Those are all symbols of the anointing. Oil is, a, is symbolic of the anointing. When you talk about the anointing, you're really talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. That's the reason why you have to get to know him. Jesus is not on the earth, my brothers and sisters in the Lord. He's in heaven. He's seated at the right heaven. But he sent the mighty Holy Spirit. You study every ministry from Jesus' time to now who stuck with the Holy Spirit. I will show you ministries that flowed in the, the power of God, where the dead were raised, the blind saw, the deaf hear. I feel the anointing right now. Amen. So there's an anointing to teach. There's an anointing to preach. Amen. There's an anointing to be a housewife. Amen. There's an anointing to be... a a maintenance construction guy. There's an anointing to be in the banking business. There's an anointing to putting ADD, whatever, the cable things you do. There's an anointing for that. Come on. The anoint, there's an anointing to be a UPS guy, regardless of what people do and what they say and how they cut you off and cuss you. Amen. <laughs> you know, the most, most amazing thing that happens is you're on the interstate and they see the UPS guy and they're like, no, okay, I'm getting in. Yeah. They, think that, they think that you've got to put that brake, but it takes you 20 feet before you stop that truck. <laughs> but they want to cut you off. Let me cut in front of the UPS guy. And then all the dogs that you have to deal with every single day when you knock on the door. Row, 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 row. Or in the yard. Yeah, or in the yard. I know that when you come, Jesse, in my house, Jesse barks at you. I know that. You know. She's like, there's the brown dude. I'm going to get him. <laughs> so I have to tell him, whoa, whoa, Jess, whoa, Jess. He's a brother. I love him. Come on. You're, there's anointing to be a doctor. There's anointing to be a lawyer. Listen, the anointing has nothing to do with vocation. It has everything to do with calling. You should not find life's vocation. You should find your calling. Like, like Matt. Matt. Matt is called to do security. He's gifted for it. I mean, it's really... You mind if I share a little bit about it? Okay. So Matt, in his life, he's probably had over 500 fights in his life. That's a good guy to have on your security team. <laughs> I'm serious. That's a good guy. He knows how to fight. I mean, I don't think we discussed how many you won and how many you lost, but... but okay, out of 400. So there you go. That's a good guy. I, I took him to um, Miramar with me this last November. He was a good guy. He, he washed after Chris. He washed after all of us. Amen. And only that, he's my jujitsu partner. Praise God. Amen. And now he wins. So <laughs> there you go. He gets me. At first, he didn't get me, but now he gets me. But he hasn't been to jujitsu in a while, so I've upped my game. <laughs> We just do that helicopter arm bar. Praise God, Amy. Yeah, real fun. No, I wouldn't want to mess with him. I'm glad you're with me, Matt. I'm so glad you're with me. I'm so glad you're with me. Yeah, but there's an anointing for that. Yeah. Because it's God's ability on you. Listen, there's, ta there's talents and then there's gifts. There's a difference between, watch this. There's a difference between a talent and the gift that God gives. Watch this. If somebody stands up and they can't sing in a bucket, but when they sing, the power of God falls, and then there's somebody that sings it with talent, and then there's no anointing. I think it's what you rely on the most. I rely heavily. I'm going to tell you, I, I rely heavily on the Holy Ghost. I really do. To, to preach, to... I had no clue tonight what I was going to talk to you. See, it's the power of God. Praise God. Just suck that one. Suck that one dry. Praise God. Amen. No, I'm no, just kidding. No, I rely heavily on the anointing. I wouldn't have a ministry without the anointing. And I, I'm a guy for balance. Listen, if all we have is the word, the word, the word, the word, then we, we, we dry up. 
I mean, like a California prune on the Sunday sun on the beach in Los Angeles. Hello. But if all we have is the spirit, the spirit, the spirit, then we flake up. Come on, people get flaky. They get weird and loopy and you know, like first, first Church of Kellogg's Christian Center. With fruits, nuts, and flakes. Come on, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. If all we have is the, is the, spirit, the spirit, then people get flaky. So we ha if we have the Word and the Spirit together, then God grows us up. But I have to tell you this, but people are afraid of the supernatural today. They, they are. Because there's been such a famine in the church. But that's changing. Come on. Come on now. There's a, there's a day that the Word and Spirit churches, they'll have the most numbers because if they just go to the, you know, the other churches that are just milk churches, and milk churches have its place. Come on now. It brings in the babies. Hello. But then you got to go on to maturity. Can you say amen? Yeah, it has its place. And I'm not knocking it. Come on. But there's a, there's a time that you got to grow up spiritually. You just can't stay at a certain level. A lot of people will stay at a certain level spiritually. I mean, they just squeak into heaven. Come on, hello, somebody. But there's so much more for us. Amen. So much more. I mean, let me ask this question. How many would like to see the blind see? The deaf hear? The lame walk? The dead raise? How about the dead raise? Well, that's the reason why we're talking to you tonight about the anointing. Because it's the anointing that's going to do it for you. I've actually prayed for about three dead people in the 23 years of ministry that I've been in. Two were raised from the dead. They died later. They died later. And then the, the, first, the first person I laid hands on didn't get up. So I, would you like to hear that story? The first person I laid hands on was dead. Okay. So I was doing a revival. I can't remember where I was at. But the pastor had a funeral on Saturday. So we were running a whole week of meetings. And he said, hey, listen, we got to stop by the funeral home. I got to you know, make an arrangements. You know, tomorrow's Saturday. This was on a Friday, I think. And he said, tomorrow's Saturday. I got a funeral and all that kind of stuff. Can, would you mind after we eat lunch, we just swing by there? I said, sure, pastor. Why not? I mean, let's just go ahead. So all of a sudden, you know, he walked into the funeral home and he walked into the office and he said, I said, have you seen your parishioner? He said, no, I haven't. He said, well, is that her coffin? He said, yeah. So I said, well, let's go. So he walked up to the coffin and sure enough, she was in the coffin, you know, and she was all makeup and her hair was all pretty and everything like that. So I watched this. I said to the pastor, have you ever prayed for a dead person? He, he goes, uh, no. I said, you want to give it a go? <laughs> He's like, okay. I said, listen, go close the door, okay? Just go close the door because we don't want the funeral director coming in and all of a sudden we got our hands in the coffin. That just wouldn't look good, okay? So he went and he closed the door. I said, <clears throat> I said, what do you want to do? He said, I have no idea what I want to do. I said, well, let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. I said, take a few minutes praying. So we just, you know, started praying in the Holy Ghost, right? He's praying in the Holy Ghost. And I said, well, let's just lay hands on her. So he put his hands on her foot. I'm like, you know, I mean, we're going to get this job done, right? So I put my hand right on her forehead, put my hand right on her belly, right on her hands. And I said, Father, <laughs> somebody went, ew. Listen, she had this wonderful perfume on. I mean, it was amazing, this bomb thing. I mean, it was, you know, what do you Blooming food, man, it was amazing perfume that she had. It was the most amazing, just a wonderful aroma. I thought, who came out with this, Chanel? <laughs> what are you wearing today? Embalming fluid. Oh, wow, that's wonderful. So I put my hand, put my hand on her forehead, put my hand on her hands. I said, in the name of Jesus, I said, Father, I command her spirit, man, to come back into her body. In Jesus' name, I command any ailment that was there that caused the situation for her to go home to be with you. So I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, and I said, Lord, just raise her up. So we waited. And nothing happened. And I said, well, obviously she doesn't want to come back. So I looked down, and I had pressed her bangs into her forehead. And I went, Pastor, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I started picking the, the hair out of her forehead. <laughs> I said, well, you know, because I know you've got a funeral tomorrow, and all of a sudden everybody's coming for the viewing. What happened to her hair? <laughs> the preacher came by. I thought he was going to raise the dead, and he puts the, puts the bangs in her hair. Okay. So, but listen, if you want to, y'all are looking at me like, you crazy, man. Yeah, but you know what? If you want to see the dead raised, what do you got to do? You got to pray for the deads. 
Come on, hello. I mean, how often do you get a chance to pray? I'm listen, I'm not telling you to go down to the local mortician and say, what are you doing? Well, I'm a preacher there at Life Family Church. I'm here to pray for the dead. What? What? Yeah, pull out all the stiffs from the refrigerator. I'm here practicing. I'm not telling you, I'm not, I'm not, listen, I'm not telling you that you need to go do that, but if you have a, if you have an opportunity, come on, if you have an opportunity, you know, um, when we did, um, what's her name? Uh, um, yeah, Z's. Yeah, that's that's. Where we're, <laughs> I was like, man, and Z was in the coffin, and and Carrie was there. I said, hey, Carrie, what do you think? You think I should get up and try to raise the dead? She's like, oh, pastor. Oh. I said, what do you do? She said, I'm gonna run out of here. I'm. Gonna... <laughs> I said, Carrie, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. <laughs> Just snatch her out of that coffin and throw up against the wall. Z, walking you. It clear out the place for sure. I just gonna tell you, and I get in trouble with the funeral guy. <laughs> but you know what? You got healed, didn't Amen. you? Why don't you tell him what happened to you? So I have a tumor in my left foot that was causing me like excruciating pain all the time. And the first time I met Pastor, he just like put his hand on my foot and started <laughs> praying for me, <laughs> and like my pain instantly went away. And it's so crazy. Like to this day, every time I'm in church, like I feel the tingling in my foot. Like wow, every single time. Like right now, like every time I walk into this door, my foot tingles. It's so crazy, but like it's it's real. It happens. But no more pain and like nothing like that. It's been wonderful. You had some other ailments too, right? I do. I I have lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. I haven't been to the doctor, but like. Ever since I started really like focusing on God and believing, and you know I've been coming here, like I've just been feeling so much better. Um, I haven't been to the doctor to get a checkup yet, but in my heart, like I know that I'm getting healed. So there's Amen. that. Amen. So tonight, tonight's your night. Tonight, get rid of that stuff. I mean, come on, if you took care of a tumor, you can take care of anything else, can't he? Isn't that right? And it's interesting that the anointing. You know what that tingling? That's the anointing. Every time you walk in here, you start feeling that, you know, that's the anointing. That's the presence of God. So we minister the unseen. You can't see the anointing, but the anointing can be felt. Okay? We, you can't see God, but you believe that he exists. Right? So every time we pray for somebody, every time we lay hands on a son, we have to understand that that anointing is not our anointing. One thing I understand, I know this, like I know my name, I know this, I know this, I know this, that when a miracle happens or somebody gets healed, I know it's not me. I know it, totally. I don't ever have to, God has to never be concerned with me that me, I would take the glory. He does not, because I always, always direct glory to him. I mean, if you've been around here and when something happens, what do I say? Come on, let's lift our hands, let's give God praise, right? I'm always directing the glory to Almighty God because it is him. Amen. It's just borrowed. Come on, it's borrowed. Because God flows through earthen vessels. You're a hose. You're a pipe in which the water flows. It's his water. Come on now, you're just the vessel in which he flows. Now, when it comes to receiving the anointing, there are good conductors of the anointing and there are bad conductors. The anointing is like electricity. You can't see electricity. I, I mean, I've been talking about this the last couple Sundays. You can't see the conduits in the walls with the electrical wires, and you can't see the electricity. But if that, whole, if that wall was busted open, you'd see the conduits. And if you cut the conduits, the two wires would be sticking out. Hello. And if you grabbed them, if they were live, you'd get a shock. You would be manifesting. <laughs> I'm serious, you'd be men. Some of your hair would go straight up in the air. Some of you would scream, ah! Some of you would be trembling, shaking. Right? Yeah. It would be a result of the electricity. That's right. The electricity is the anointing in the natural. It's like the anointing in the natural. So we minister the unseen. You cannot see it. And what activates it is faith. That's what activates it, it's faith. Now, you get healed two ways. You can get healed on your own faith, or you can get healed based upon one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. Okay? There are three revelation gifts, three utterance gifts, and three power gifts. The utterance gifts are tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. The revelation gifts are the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. The power gifts are the working of miracles, the gift of faith, right, and the gifts of healings. Those are the nine gifts of the Spirit. 
The nine gifts of their spirit are empowered by the anointing. Every believer, listen, every believer is anointed and can flow in either one of the nine gifts of the spirit. So he said, what's the best gift? It's the one that's needed at the time. If I was in a room full of crippled individuals and lame individuals, what gifts do you think would need to be in operation? Healing, maybe miracles, maybe even the gift of faith, right? Let me tell you about the gift of faith. The gift of faith goes beyond natural faith. The gift of faith is God's high-octane faith. It's almost like God will unscrew your head, tuck you upside down, all, all the doubt and unbelief, put you back up, pour in God's holy high-octane faith, put your head back on, and then you run around like a wild person for about five minutes. And you're pulling people out of a wheelchair. Yes, that was hate. That's a gift of faith. Where it just dropped and you begin to pray and the bones start cracking. That's the gift of faith. Let me ask you, the gift of faith is, could be as simple as, have you ever been in a place like everything just worked? I mean, it's like, you just pop, like, wow, this is really awesome. It's like popping out popcorn. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of stopped. You're like, oh, no, did I sin? Did I fall short? What was that? The gift of faith. So you're, you're operating in some of these things. How about a word of knowledge? What is the word of knowledge? The word of knowledge has to do with present circumstances in a person's life or their past. That's a word of knowledge. A word of wisdom has to do with present or future. Hello? What about miracles? A miracle would be this. If there's no arm and an arm grows out, that's a miracle. If there's an organ that was taken out of your body, hello, and an organ is put back in, that's a miracle. What is a healing? A healing is where you're diseased in an organ and God removes the disease and the organ is restored. What is discerning of spirits? It's not the spirit of discernment. It's discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits is where God gives you the ability to see into the spirit realm, demons, angels, Jesus himself. Hello? It's not the spirit of discernment. Let me give you an example of a spirit of discernment where people think, oh, I have, this, I have the gift of the spirit of discernment. Oh, really? Yeah, somebody walks in off the street, sits on the front row. They are homeless. They have taken a shower in three months. Hello? They have some missing teeth. They're kind of pale, kind of skinny. You don't go, I just discern you're in a bad way. <laughs> what? What? No. No, no, no. That is not a gift except observation. Right. <laughs> Come on. Hello, somebody. No, discerning of spirit. It all has to do with the anointing of God. Right. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. Say this with me if you would. The Lord, the Lord. has anointed me. To preach the gospel, to preach the good news, to set at liberty them that are bound, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to do what God has asked me to do. Lay hands on the sick, lay hands on the blind, lay hands on the deaf, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. You are anointed. That's the reason why we take people in the mission field with us. You get an opportunity to practice what you've learned. Like Layla said, she learned things in the LCU. She learned things um, and then began to practice. It's the most amazing thing when you lay a hand on somebody who has a tumor in the body and underneath your hand the tumor disappears. It's the most amazing thing. It's the most amazing thing to stick your fingers in somebody's ears and say, in the name of Jesus, open, and the ears open. God is no respecter of nations. What he'll do in a foreign country, he'll do here. People say to me, Dr. Jack, why is it that we see more miracles overseas and more healings overseas than we do in America? Uh, people say, well, you know, because in America we have everything. And we have all the doctors. And we can go to the doctor. And we can, we give, I mean, we're the greatest country in the world. And over there, you know, they can't get to the doctors and all that kind of stuff. And no, 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 no. That's not it. It doesn't matter. You can be rich. You can be poor. It doesn't really matter. Let me tell you what gets God to move anywhere. What? Hunger. Yes. Hunger. Spiritual hunger triggers the move of God. In your personal life, at home, or in a church service. Spiritual hunger. Amen. And you can learn how to flow in the anointing. It's not hard. So like I said, there are good conductors of the anointing, and there are bad conductors of the anointing. There's good conductors of electricity. 
and there are bad conductors of electricity. A tire is a bad conductor for electricity, but copper is a good conductor. It's a good conductor of electricity. Your faith determines good conductor or bad conductor. If you don't believe in miracles today, do you think you're going to get one? No. Let me give you an example. I was in a service many years ago, and there was a lady who came in with a cane. So I walked up to her, and I was about to grab the cane. She said, no, no, no. And I said this, do you believe that God does miracles today? She said, yes. I said, do you believe that God has a miracle for you? She said, no. I thought, you just nullified your faith. So in other words, you believe for everybody else and see everybody else, but you don't believe that God would do something for you. So she nullified her faith. Is she going to get a miracle? No, she's not. Hello. That's the reason why faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and hearing and hearing. Faith doesn't come by, oh, I heard that before. I heard that. No. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And it will work in any arena in your life. You apply the anointing to any arena in your life, you will be successful. It's impossible not to be because wherever God is, there's success. Jesus said, I've come to give you life, John 14, 6. I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Yeah. What does that mean? That means that God wants you to have a good life more than what you think you should have. That's the nature of Almighty God. Let me say that one more time. God desires for you, maybe even more than you desire for yourself, to have a good life. Good, long, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Psalms 91, with long life. Listen, you don't want to live long if your life is constantly crappy. If you're constantly down and depressed and oppressed and constantly down and sick, broke, busted and disgusted. You don't want to live very long. But man, if your life is good and God's been good to you and he takes you from glory unto glory unto glory unto realm, unto realm, unto realm. It is the goodness, the goodness of God that brings people to repentance. So even though our relatives or we, you mess up, it's going to be his goodness that draws. In other words, like this, he'll treat you so good, you don't even want to mess up. People, I've said, people say, they've said this to me all the time. Well, Dr. Jack, you know, if God blesses me with a lot of money, I might backslide and, and, and not serve him anymore. I said, what? What are you talking about? What do you mean? I cannot tell you how much the goodness of God has prevented me from really royally messing up, except this last week. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> but God's going to turn that situation around. He's going to turn that situation around for me. Come on. He's going to turn that situation around for me. Amen. And if I have to bless somebody, I will bless them because I don't have a problem blessing people. I want to be a blessing and a place to happen. Praise God. Amen. Because you know what? Like Pastor Rory said this morning, you cannot ever not give, outgive God. King Solomon tried to outgive him. Thousand bull offerings. Hello? And he's like, oh, well, if God's going to show up like that, just get all the animals. Amen. Come on. Yeah. It's the goodness of God that draws people to repentance. So the anointing. What is the anointing like? It's like electricity. Number two, the anointing is like the wind. Has anybody ever seen the wind? How about the effects of the wind? There's nothing like... A cool afternoon after cutting the grass, sitting on the porch with country time lemonade. And there's a cool breeze blowing on the porch. There's nothing like cutting the grass and jumping in a nice cool pool of water. Hello. But on the other hand, it wouldn't be good sitting on a porch with 125 mile an hour hurricane winds blowing on your house. Isn't it interesting? The same element that could be a blessing can actually be a curse. It's a, it's a blessing to have electricity in your house that, you know, activates the AC unit and it's 102 degrees outside and you're in the AC. That's a tremendous blessing. But I wouldn't encourage you to go over to the breaker box and stick your hands on the, on the terminal. I just don't recommend that because the same blessing, hello, could actually be also a curse. Where can, that find, where, where can we find that out? Ananias and Sapphira. Actually, the word holy in the Holman Bible Dictionary means this. Potential, fatal power. 
We see that with Ananias and Sapphira. Revival was breaking loose from the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the blueprint for the church. It is. You read the book of Acts, I think all 16-something chapters, you read that, you see the blueprint, you see the foundation. We try to do it. We try to do it. We're a soul-winning church. We're a missions church. Come on. Hello. We try to get outside the four walls. All right? We, we apply these principles, the Word and the Spirit together. Hello? We stick it out. Try to, try to do the book of Acts. Acts chapter 6 gives us the, the order of the ministry of service. Choose ye among seven men full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Word. They can set his leadership. I mean, we endeavor to do that. But the anointing is like wind. The Bible says that Jesus breathed on the Holy Spirit. How do you breathe on somebody? <gasps> Breathe those things. said, receive the Holy Spirit. Can, can, you, you see what you're saying? You can feel wind, but you can't see it. Right? You know God exists, but you can't see him. Isn't that right? But you know he exists. Why do you know he exists? Because maybe he's done something for you. Maybe he's healed your body. Maybe he's restored things to you. He's come through you over and over and over and over again. He's come through for you. Yeah. Over and over again. So you have to determine, am I a good conductor of God's anointing? Am I a bad conductor? of God's anointing. I want to be a good conductor. What stops the anointing? Unbelief will stop the anointing. The fear of man. The book of Proverbs says the fear of man brings a snare. I'm not afraid of men. I'm not afraid of them. No, I don't care what people say. I mean, sometimes it affects me, but, you know, I just brush it off. Praise God. They don't know. Not, they, don't, they don't understand. But I like to have encounters with God. And my prayer almost every day is, please, Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. I mean, I get choked up about it. Don't, I mean, I know I mess up. I know I don't follow through. I know my attitude sometimes. My, just I mess up. Please forgive me. Could you just be merciful? Please don't ever take your Holy Spirit from me. Because that's the thing I rely on. I know it may not be really popular right now, but things are changing. I'm telling you, people are becoming desperate. And, and anyway, we know that there, there's a move of God that's going to take place to sweep the world. I just want to make sure, I don't want to miss it. That's another prayer. I don't want to miss it, Lord. I don't want to be disqualified. I don't want to miss it. I want to be a part of what you're doing in these last days. Now, when you, how do you receive the anointing? You have to open your heart. You can't care what people think. No. I don't answer to my wife. I don't answer to her. I answer to Almighty God. I have to be more pleasing to God than I am to my wife. I will tell her, God's first. I love you with all my heart, but God is first. I'm going to serve him more than anything to the best of my ability. And she says the same thing to me. I'm going to serve God to the best of my ability. God has to be number one. Even in your marriage, it has, he has to be number one more than anything. You can't be moved by a spouse that doesn't want to serve the Lord. you got to go serve the Lord. He is number one. Hello. But here's the deal. If you as, as, as the spouse, if you have one spouse that's not living for the Lord, you live for the Lord, guess what will happen? It gives God permission to work on that spouse. How many are familiar with Joyce Meyer? Joyce Meyer, she had a, kind of a serious relationship with Dave, her husband. Okay, And at one point in time, she's like, Lord, you need to change Dave. He's not doing right. you got to change him. And she's praying, change that man, change that man. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to Joyce. said, Sister Joyce, said, yes, Lord. Would you repeat after me, please? Sure. Lord, Lord, change, change me. Took her back for a minute. What? What do you mean, Lord, change me? She said, he said, yes. If you give me permission to change you, it will automatically change your husband. Because the two shall become one. So, and the Bible is very clear in the book of Corinthians. It says, actually, book of uh, Timothy, I think, or Philemon, I'm not sure, right around there. It's in the book. It talks about where if wives live godly, it will actually convince their husbands to live godly. What is it? First Peter. Peter, there you go. See, I knew it. It was in Peter. Praise God, amen. Yeah, it gives them permission. Godly living. It's all related to the anointing, related to the power of God. That's the reason why you'll see me, sometimes when I pray for people, I won't touch them. Because I've, over the years, I've been Pentecostal massaged. 
when you go for prayer because you got a neck problem and everything, and then some preacher comes with a heavy hand and smacks you really hard, and if you don't fall down, your head will be like fly off your shoulders kind of thing. That's the reason why when I touch somebody, I touch them, I try to touch them lightly. Come on, because I don't want to, I don't want to Pentecostal massage somebody. Receive it! <laughs> and you go, go up for healing and then you got a neck hernia. Praise God, amen. You got to be put in a, in a neck brace on the way outside the church. Praise God, amen. Because somebody, some preacher got a little exuberant with you and smacked you upside the head. Come on, I know somebody. Anybody been in Pentecostal? <laughs> Anybody been in Pentecostal massage besides me? Okay. Can I get a witness? Come on, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we don't want to do that. No, there's a transference of the anointing. Now, here's something way cool. Sometimes people may not have faith. Ready for this? You can get them healed on your faith. The Bible says there was a man at the gate beautiful that was born crippled. And every day he'd go to the gate beautiful. And the Bible says that Peter and John walked in and all of a sudden this beggar guy said, hey, listen, can you, you know, I need something. And Peter said to him, Marcia, silver and gold I have none. But such as I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And the Bible says that when Peter reached out, grabbed the man's hand, and began to pull him up, then the power of God hit that man, right? And all of a sudden, he leaped, and he started running into the temple. Later, Peter and John were questioned by the Pharisees, the religious leaders, by how did you do this? And this is what Peter said. It's by not our own power. Bosh but faith in the name of Jesus has made this man whole. So whose faith was it? The crippled man or Peter and John's faith? It was Peter and John's faith. The guy was looking for to get some money, honey. But Peter said, I got the anointing, and that'll take care of everything in your life. And what I've been given freely, I give you. Rise up and walk. Why, why do you see guys pray for people more than once? Sometimes I pray for people more than once. Let me tell you the reason why I do that. I do that to get more of the anointing on you. Because the more you're under the anointing, the more you change. The more you have an encounter with God, you change. So it's not just to do it, get them up, knock them down, get them up, knock them down, get them up, knock them down. It's not that. It's getting more of the anointing. Because the, the more you're under the anointing, the more you change. Amen. That's the reason why on Sunday nights, we just kind of go with the flow. Sometimes I do good, sometimes I don't do good. I think I'm doing, am I doing pretty good? Yeah, I mean, I'm going on rabbit trails and all that kind of stuff, but I think I'm, am I doing good? We're sticking with the anointing. It's the personality. I just get off chasing a rabbit behind the, you know, barn sometimes. Praise God. Amen. But I always come back. Like I just now, I just chased a barn. Praise, I chased a rabbit around the barn. Praise God. Amen. So we're going back to the anointing. See, we're talking about the anointing here. It's like wind, like electricity. There's ways to transfer the anointing. You can transfer the anointing by the words of your mouth. There was a Roman centurion, came to Jesus and said, I have a servant, he's very sick. Jesus said, I'll come to your house. The Roman centurion said, no, Lord, you're not worthy to come to my house, but I too am a man under authority. I say to one, he goes, I say to one, he comes, and so therefore, just speak the word only, Lord, and my servant will be healed. Jesus said, turned to his disciples, he said, I have not found such great faith in all Israel. And this guy was a Roman centurion. He wasn't even Jewish. Jesus turned to the Roman centurion and said, it is done as you've said. All of a sudden, he's riding back. Some servants on a horse came and met him. And he said, listen, your servant is well. The Roman centurion said, about what time was that? It was about noon yesterday. And then the Roman centurion realized when Jesus spoke, your servant will be healed. He will not die. He'll be healed. It was a time that he was with Jesus and Jesus said those words. So you can, words of your mouth. Well, how do you do that? Close your eyes, lift your hands. As you do, the power of God comes on you. <laughs> there you go. Close your eyes, lift your hands. In the name of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and God lives in you. So if God lives in you, you can let him out. That's all I do. I let him out. Remember seeing the video when I laid hands on one person and then the power got hit everybody and they fell on the ground? There was about 80 people. There was 80 people on that platform and the line went from one end all the way down into the crowd. And what happened was I laid hands on the first person and nothing happened. And this is when we had seven poisoning. Oh my gosh. For three solid days. 
almost every 15 minutes in the bathroom. I mean, this is, here's the deal. People die from, um, from seminal poisoning, not because of the bacteria, because of dehydration. That's the issue. You can't keep the minerals and the fluids in you, okay, because of the bacteria that's in your digestive system. So we, we were, of three days, we went through like five cases of water in three days, all right? I felt really bad for the maids, praise God, amen, because the basket was overflowing. Because you don't put toilet paper in the toilet. It clogs everything up. You gotta put it in a basket. This is a bad day. They were changing it three times a day. Praise God, amen. So here it is, we got up there in a weakened state. Here's the verse, when I am weak, he is strong. So we went in there, we preached anyway. I preached the gospel. Pale. See how pale white we were? It wasn't because we hadn't been in the sun. It was because <laughs> we couldn't keep any fluids down. Listen, I thank God for two things. One, the Holy Ghost, and two, Emodium AD. Praise God. Amen. Because sometimes you got to turn the faucet off. I mean, whew, things are flowing more way than once. Praise God. So all of a sudden, Daniel came to me and said, Dr. Jack, there was a team member that had a dream and that you laid hands on people on the platform and you go lay hands on them. I said, sure. So I laid hands on the first person, nothing happened. Second person, nothing happened. Third person, I thought, let me stop. Why isn't this flowing? Right? Am I moving too fast? I, you know, I'm checking myself that I'm being led by the Spirit of God. Third person, boom, on the floor. All of a sudden, by the fourth person, they fell on the floor and they fell forward and I stumbled. And when I stumbled, I went like this to catch myself. A wind, a wind came out of, I don't know what direction, but it blew all 80 people. So much so that Dominic Russo was standing next to me and he went like this. My God, look at the river flow. I mean, he had enough time to say that as the wind of God just came up. <laughs> it was stinking awesome. I love that. I love when God does that. That is my most favorite. That is my most favorite when God just blows into the place and then I just go sit down. Because I figured that God can do much better than me. Can you say amen? He can do much better. So when he shows up like that, I, woo, that's all I got to say. I could probably say in tongues, but woo is pretty good. Praise God. Amen. I'm serious. I love it when he does that. Sometimes I get in trouble because of that. I remember I was in a church up in South Carolina, and uh, the pastor had invited me, sorta. <laughs> it, was a, it was a sorta invite. Yeah, you can come, but that kind of thing. So you know, God has a way of showing up and showing out, doesn't He? I mean, He just knows how to get the job done. So here did I call the line, right? So I called the line, and as I started to walk down the line, people started falling under the power of God, like four or five people down the road. Boom, boom, boom. And then the river just, flew. boom, they were all on the floor. So I'm like, okay, this should go sit down. Obviously, God's doing something. And then I got in trouble with the pastor. I don't know how I get in trouble when I didn't do anything. I mean, you, this is all your fault. Not my fault. He called me in the back. I mean, he said, you know, uh, we just got, we have some issues. And I'm like, well, okay. Well, you invited me here. You want a revival. You invited me here. What are the issues? Well, we just don't like the way you do your healing lines and your prayer lines. It's like, well, what do you mean? Well, people are falling out like four or five, six people down the road. I said, that's not me. <laughs> I mean, that's not me. Well, we're just, having, we're just having a hard time. Then you're having a hard time with God because it's not me. We were doing extensive revivals. I'm almost, almost done. You okay with this? Is it, can we, okay. Are you learning anything? Okay. There was one church we were invited in Altoona, Kansas. Never forget it. Town of population of 250. 250 people in this town. The pastor's in heaven now, Jim Raymond. He's, he's a friend of mine. But at first, he didn't like me. I don't know what that is. It's usually by the Thursday, the Thursday night revival, we, we talk on the anointing. Like I'm talking right now. Just like this. Start explaining the anointing and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden... You know, um, people, they were complaining, they were murmuring, and they were just, and it just started. He said, listen, you talk about the anointing and things like that, it stirs up devils. I'm just going to tell you, it does, period. It, it was the anointing on the ministry of the Lord Jesus that stirred up Satan. Because he's casting out devils, he's raising the dead, the blind are seeing, the lame are walking. Satan doesn't like that. He wants to keep people bound. Hello, but Jesus came to set us free. Because that's what the anointing does. So here it is, you know, on the, so on, on that afternoon, Thursday afternoon, I got invited by the pastor to come talk to him. 
Okay. So I remember her, you were talking, she was with me, Marie was with me. I mean, the fun thing to do was go out to the railroad train track, which we were right by, and put pennies on the railroad. That was the most exciting thing. That was their Batman ride. <laughs> put a penny on the railroad track. It's pretty cool. We get these little, we get these little penny nails, and you put them on a railroad track, and they look like swords. You know, and all that kind of stuff. And not only that, she had to, she washed my clothes, and it, it, all the rust in the in the in the water. Do you remember that? All my shirts were all. Of course you do. Of course you remember that. <laughs> yeah, they were all different colored. You know, we were the original makers of the different color white shirts. Praise God, Amen. That was back in the day. Just stuck them in the rust water washing machine. Okay, and we were put in the garage that was a makeshift prophet's room. Remember that? That room he made out? Yes, you do remember. Some of these, some of these things we don't want to remember anymore, praise God. So all of a sudden, I get, I get, we were having a rough time. And so I get, I get the message, pastor wants to see me. So we were like, I said, babe, what do you want to do? She said, baby, just, you know, don't worry about it. We're, if he asks us to leave, we'll just catch a cheeseburger on the way out. I'm like, okay, babe. So I got 100% support for her. So I walked into the pastor's office. You know, I sat down, and Jim Raymond goes, well, I just want to tell you, I appreciate your ministry. I said, uh-oh. Every time they say I appreciate, something else is coming behind it. Trying to use a Dale Carnegie technique on me. Put, some, put a sandwich together, right? Put a sandwich. You start, you start out with a positive, then you get the negative, and then you do the positive. It's called the sandwich technique, praise God. So he says to me, he says, Brother Jack, I appreciate your ministry. I said, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. He said, but you know what? I see a lot of similarities of Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. And I was like, oh, okay. I said, yeah. He said, I've been watching him at 4 in the morning, and when he says something I don't like, I just turn the TV off. And I was like, oh. And I was like, man. He said, listen, uh, you can go ahead and do the service tonight, but, you know, on Friday I'm going to take over, and you're more than welcome to sit in the service, and I'm, I'm going to do the tomorrow night Saturday service, and I'm going to do Friday service, and I'll do Sunday morning and Sunday night. He said, but you're more than welcome to stay if you'd like. And I said, well, no. I said, you know, after the service tonight, I said, we're just going home. Thank you for, so much for having me and having us. And like I said, we're just going home. And I said, you know, is, would it be all right? I mean, I was teaching along the lines of the offering. I said, would you mind if that's okay? We could just keep doing what we've been doing. He said, yeah, sure, go ahead and do that. I said, well, thank you, Pat. And here's the deal. I would, <clears throat> after the meetings, I would go and sit in his lazy boy chair in his living room. And that's a bad thing, because that's the pastor's lazy boy chair. Yeah, he didn't like it when I sat in his chair. I did it anyway. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> but he didn't like it. And so, preach along the lines of the anointing, okay? What I'm preaching tonight, to preach there. And then I said, okay, if you're a leader in the church and you want the anointing, you come forward. Okay, and so um, let me tell you this. This is what he, this is what oh, Pastor Remington said to me. He said, he said, I don't like the way you do your healing lines. And I'm like, oh man, here we go again. I said, why? He said, because people are falling out, four or five people down the row. And I said, well, Pastor, that's not me. That's the Holy Ghost. He said, okay, I just don't want it. I said, fine. So I preached along the lines. I said, if you're a leader in the, in the church, I said, for a revival to come, it's got to hit the leaders. Got to hit the leaders first, because as the leader is, so the people will be. Okay? So all of a sudden, the pastor's wife, she comes forward, right? And then all of a sudden, people were lining up and things like that. And I was on this side. I was on the platform. I stepped off. As soon as I stepped off the platform, the first person to fall out was his wife. <laughs> Boom! On the floor. I almost turned to him and said, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> she fell out. Stacy fell out. Boom on the floor. So I, in the name of Jesus, 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 in the name boom, boom, boom. Turn the mic back over to the pastor. I'm finished. Thank you. And I went and sat in the back. People all out on the floor. The first person to stand up was his wife. She starts screaming at the top of her lungs, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for judging the move of God. Forgive us, oh God. We're sorry. We want the anointing. We want your presence. The praise and worship leader stands up after she gets off the floor. Forgive me, God, for criticizing. Forgive me, oh Lord. All of a sudden, repentance hit the place. Forgive us, God. Forgive us. So all of a sudden, Jim Raymond gets up and he, he says, this is amazing what God is doing. And he goes, Brother Jack, do you have a word for us? I said, yeah, I do. So I get up and I remember, I mean, this was, my gosh, this had to have been like 18 years ago, right? 20 years ago. 20 years ago. 
You ready for this? I remember the word. Isn't that amazing? See, that's the anointing. Brother Hagin, when he would minister, he would minister out of the anointing of God and that he would quote scripture after scripture after chapter. Remember that, Jeff? I mean, he'd do that all the time. How would he do it? By the anointing. Here was the prophecy. I've declared this place a lighthouse. And people will come from the north, the south, the east, and the west. The drug addicts, the prostitutes, the alcoholics. And they will come and they will be delivered here. For my spirit has been imparted here. And revival will come. And I will do a mighty thing in the midst of a wilderness. And believe me, you go to Altoona Kansas on purpose. <laughs> you heard of One Light Towns? Josh has been from a One Light Town. Praise God. Perkins, Oklahoma. One light in the center. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I remember that prophecy even today. Revival hit this church for nine months. They ran two Sunday morning services, Sunday night service, and three nights. The pastor, listen, we left. We got the cheeseburger on the way out. Thank you, pastor. Love you. The pastor got up behind the pulpit. He opened his Bible, and when he opened his Bible, he fell out. Boom! On the floor. And he was kind of a large guy. His head... And half his body got stuck up underneath the pulpit. And, and his blessed assurance was out. Praise God. He started laughing uncontrollably. The power of God hit his church and they ran from nine months. They went from 60 people to 150 people in a 250 people town. The youth went from 10 to 60. Here it is. What was it? You know what I Having to do with the anointing. And you're anointed to do the works of the Lord Jesus. Each and every one of you are anointed. You have the equipment to get the job done. <clears throat> can I share a little bit more? If you've been healed of something, you can flow with that. God, it's almost like God graces you for bringing you out or delivering you or healing you. So like if you had, let's say for a, you had cancer, and God healed you of cancer. Now you have faith that God will do it because he did it for you. Amen. Whatever the ailment is, whatever the situation is, whatever the broken heart is, you're anointed to do it. <clears throat> we started seeing a lot of results with deaf ears because I would pray for deaf ears. So we've had a, probably about a 98% success rate with deaf ears. Every time I pray for a deaf person, God opens their ears. Hello. Because I wanted to see a breakthrough in that area. Amen. <clears throat> we cast out devils. I cannot tell you how many devils have been cast out. It's actually, the Bible talks about casting out a devil out of somebody is a miracle. Yeah, remember the story where there were some, some people that weren't the disciples and they were casting out devils in his name and Jesus said, leave them alone, right? He who does a miracle in my name, he is for you, he's not against you, right? He is for you, he's not against you, let him do it. Amen. So one of the things that we endeavor to do is we give you opportunities to minister to people. We, I mean, we go super soul winning every Saturday. I encourage you, pray for the sick. Talk to them. Are you doing it? Flow in the gifts of the Spirit. That's what they're for. We encourage you to come on a missions trip. You will see serious results on this missions trip because we're not going to go and build houses and do construction missions. and all. There's nothing wrong with that. No, we go do the book of Acts. That's the reason why we encourage people to come on the mission field. And people's lives are actually eternally changed because, of, because they've been sitting in church for many, many years. Hello. They've been told by preachers that you're anointed to go and do these things, but then there's never an opportunity to do it. Because in the, in the Western world, we think that we've got to be a preacher behind a pulpit before we can raise the dead. That's not true. Stephen the deacon wasn't even in the fivefold ministry, and the Bible said he did great signs and wonders. And it's all done by the anointing. Can you say Amen. Hallelujah. When you open your heart and you're receptive, then the anointing of God will go in. You just lay your hands. I'm not putting pressure. You just lay hands on the person. And then it starts to flow. There it is right there. And it's not hard. I'm just laying hands. I'm not shouting. I'm not screaming. But the anointing of God is going in them. All you got to do, lay your hands, and then the power of God goes right into it. It's not hard. I didn't shout. I didn't scream. I didn't do anything. It's, it's, a, touch, it's a touch of God. See, it's the touch of God. Oh. <clears throat> it's the touch of God. 
It's the touch of God. <clears throat> See, I'm not yelling. I'm not screaming. But what are you doing? I'm demonstrating the anointing. Jesus operated that way. With Jesus, all the joint pain, everything right now goes right now. There it goes. Oh my. Wow. In the name of Jesus, be healed in Jesus' name. People say to me, Dr. Jack, why do people fall down in your meetings? Obviously, your mother's never told you. People fall down because they can no longer stand up. Praise God. Amen. It's not hard. When you, when you open your heart, you have an open heart, and the power of God will come on you in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us this week. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net.